0: Sarika Karudapuram is the VP of Commercial Operations at Isolation Bio, where they're creating new technologies that allow researchers to study new microbes, produce unique products, and develop a better understanding of how microorganisms impact our world. Sarika, welcome to CC Life Science.
1: Thank you. Happy to be here and excited to be here.
0: So just for context, before we get started, tell us a little bit more about Isolation Bio. What, what are you all up to?
1: Yes, so we are a uh, life science tools company, small company based in the San Francisco Bay Area. And we have a platform. So when I say platform, there's an instrument, consumables and some accessories that can be used to do uh, very high throughput and automated isolation and cultivation of microbes. And the reason that, um, you know, we're, we're really kind of excited to offer this to our customers who are uh, working actually in the world of microbiome doing you know research or doing uh, application work within the microbiome spaces microbiology which is you know isolating bacteria and studying them uh, has been done with a method that is over 100 years old so is really uh, an area that needs you know, new uh, technology, as we think about genomics, metabolomics, you know, cell biology, all of these have had amazing advancements when it comes to technology and products. So what we offer is actually exactly that, which is moving this, um, the microbiology into a, um, I'd almost say moving into the 21st century uh, with regards to being able to, again, isolate and cultivate in a much more efficient and automated way. And the way we do this is we have... um, I would say the secret sauce is an array that is the size of a microscope slide, which has over 6,000 nanoscale wells. And so now what you're able to do is take a sample. So for example, a soil sample or a fecal sample, which is, you know, for your human gut microbiome research and do massively parallel cultivation of hundreds of bacteria on an array. And then the instrument can then automatically pick those isolates and transfer them into uh, 96 or 384 well plates that can then be used to look at, okay, what are the organisms, what are they doing, and so on. Uh, Yeah, so in in terms of our customers, we serve both uh, academic customers, where there's so much activity that I know we're going to talk more about, as well as industry customers as well, where this is really an emerging area. And this is both, you know, the human health, side, animal health side, as well as uh, agriculture and environmental applications.
0: All right. So the 100-year-old method, if I'm right, I was a microbiologist, streaking yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> blades, right? That's... Yeah. So, one, I'm a little blown away by, you know, putting 6,000 things on a yeah. microscope slide. I'm even more blown away when you say, now pick them off of there from a specific yes. spot oh. and move them. Like right. I can imagine sort of some way that they would fall into 6,000 wells, getting them back out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's amazing.
1: It's when it uses a, um, a, a pin. So you have the array with the 6,000 wells that are sealed with a gas permeable membrane. And then a pin goes in and pierces that membrane and then you can actually have it go into that little nano well, you know, more than once. And then it moves into, uh and then kind of inoculates a 96-well plate and just does it over and over again. Yeah, it's, you know, I I actually don't take a step back and think about the kind of the coolness of it. But yeah, it is very, very cool. And of course, it's really solving a problem for our customers in terms of like automation and just efficiencies and throughput. I think that's really uh, very exciting part is it just gives you a new level of throughput that
0: you didn't have before. Right. I mean, it seems like early on, and maybe I'm late already, but early on, all the people, I have friends in the microbiome business, and it was all um, metagenomics. Yes. Like, let's just grab a soil sample, yeah. sequence yeah. the heck out of it, and try yep. to sort out what <laughs> what's in there. Yes. So now we're picking out individual microbes and somehow getting all different kinds to grow in sort of a standard thing. Um, So talk about how a little bit more about the evolution of micro, do we call it microbiomics? The study of the microbiome. I can't believe it doesn't have a name yet.
1: (laughs) That is true. Everything else
0: has an omics, right? (laughs)
1: Exactly. Microbiomics, why not? well this by the way, this question is definitely I love this question because it uh is is so important, right so but yeah but meta- metagenomics very important and I would say was key to the discovery of the microbiome because you know it showed that there are all these you know, hundreds of species that are it's a human gut, of course in the soil it's even more, and so it's been key to the discovery of the existence and of course also continues to provide that wealth of data for correlation between the bacterial species, and the phenotypes, right? And then that actually is what led to the hypothesis generation based on what bugs might be present in one sample versus another, and then even, you know, at the the gene level. But the evolution that I've seen literally in the past, you know, few years is now the science is focused on drilling down into the causation the mechanisms of action, you know, doing the biology. And then, of course, uh, one of the most exciting parts is purifying the actual, you know, uh, molecules, identifying the molecules or compounds that are coming from the bacteria that are involved in those, you know, responses. And, you know, this could be causing, uh, like, a disease state or it could be conferring protection, you know, based on, you know, what microbes are present. So this evolution is... Uh, I would say that this evolution is in progress in terms of moving, you know, from only metagenomics to say what's there to, you know, actually identifying and isolating the organisms and starting to do the biology. So this could be mouse models or field trials ag and ad, um, and you know, going down to the how is is just really exciting, and that's the evolution that's taking place right now. If you look at the literature, in in um, in the microbiome world,
0: yeah, just infinite possibilities. I mean, we—I did yes. an episode That's- a few weeks ago uh, with one of my old lab mates on, um, you know, some ag tech with a consortium of bacteria, and he reminded me we used to say, um, "If you can imagine it, a bacteria is already doing it." And now, you know, <laughs> let's find out which ones are doing what, making the kinds of things that might be interesting, or just understanding biology better.
1: Yeah, and I was reading something uh, yesterday that kind of tied to what you're saying is, you know, because the, they were, bacteria were here before we were. So in terms of even evolution of humans, right, they, our evolution was probably like kind of co-evolving with the microbes that were there before, especially, and this was in the context of the gut-brain axis, yeah. right? So, yeah. So I think the, the possibilities, in fact, and, and that, which also introduces some level of complexity as well to this field to really tease out you know, the, the
0: mechanisms and the causation piece as well. Right. So you're helping researchers isolate individual species. Talk a little bit about the application areas yeah. that your customers are focused on.
1: Yeah, so I'd start with human health. I mean, that's obviously a huge and really exciting area. And I think it could be a transformative area for microbiome science. I have to qualify that by saying early days, things really we're talking about the next five to 10 years for this to really, you know, um, show results and, and to get to that like translational, you know, into the clinic. Right. But human health is a big area for our customers and, and, and the microbiome space. And it's just, you know, just the, the, so many um, kind of diseases that are now being linked to the microbiome and then also getting to that point of that causation. Yeah, i am just used the example of, uh, you know, drug response or immunotherapy response to, um, for, you know, in cancer patients. There's a peer um, population difference between the responders and the non-responders. And now we're starting to see work where, you know, the bacteria from the responders are being isolated and then being used in mouse models. And then again, down to the next step, which is purifying, you know, maybe from the supernatant, the molecules and then seeing that that can enhance uh, immunotherapy drug response. Uh, I think another um, example, actually, I just read it this morning, so I wanted to share that uh, yeah. with you. Which is uh, a study where they've shown, uh, this is in a back, the vaginal microbiome. There's kind of like a lot of, it's getting a lot of airtime, and they're shown now that a study from UCSD uh, in bacterial vaginosis, where what they found was that uh, certain species, are uh, secreting these enzymes that are breaking down glycan uh, sugars that are protective on the epithelium. And so in the vaginosis and disease state, it's actually being broken down by the bacteria through another enzyme. So if you're really like coming down to that, you know, uh, mechanism and actual molecules as well. The other area is animal health, where uh, both in terms of Animals that are being, you know, used for food uh, production, there's a lot of work, you know, being done in terms of, you know, improving uh, productivity and those kinds of things. And then pet health, we have customers, you know, who are offering probiotic solutions for pet health as well. Uh, and then, of course, the last part, which is a, a very much an emerging area, but very exciting, is ag. So this could be, an environmental sciences as well. But so things like how do you... And these are big ad companies have started to take notice and are investing in programs on uh, the use of microbial solutions, so more natural solutions for biofertilizers, bioremediation, biocontrol agents. Uh, and then I think I'll end with a cool one, which is in the, on the environmental side, you know, we've, we've talked to customers who are looking for, you know, maybe generating uh, microbial probiotics for coral reefs, distressed coral leaf, reef, mm-hmm. coral reefs, to kind of help you know, see, can we restore some of these coral reefs through using kind of microbial cocktails or you could call them probiotics, I guess. So yeah, again, the possibilities are very vast and you could literally talk for hours about all the different, you know, application areas. But at a high level, just to summarize, you know, it's really human health, animal health, uh, agriculture and environmental sciences are where we are seeing a lot of activity in terms of the microbiome research and, and actually isolating bacteria.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, probiotics for corals, awesome if that works out. And then, yes, thinking, I think I, it's all those applications are important. I think, you know, yeah. there must be a huge market in animal health. Yes. If it's probiotics or something, um, you know, allowing us to raise healthier animals, more productive. Yeah, exactly.
1: Animals. Yeah. Right. Especially, you know, and I think they, I know there's always a the antibiotic usage as well, so other ways to kind of you know reduce antibiotic usage through, like you said, by raising you know more
0: kind of healthier animals. I love that one because I also did a recent episode on antimicrobial resistance, which uh-huh. is for the good news is I think awareness is finally catching up. I'm starting to see more people talking about it. I saw a post on LinkedIn this morning saying. And I did an interview with someone, not on my own podcast last year, but for Biocom California, half of cancer patients die of bacterial infections.
1: I did not know that.
0: Wow. And yeah. Oh. And so I Talking. think as the post was saying, you know, we can keep making more drugs, but if we don't have the foundation of being able to get rid of these microbes, yeah. it doesn't matter, right? So. That's a big deal. Um, how do the researchers decide what isolates they want? They go through your instrument, and then um, what are the criteria they use to say I'm interested in this one or that one? Or
1: yeah, I think uh, this is kind of tied to the you know the application or of course the focus of their research project. And uh, so I think there are you know a couple of approaches where um, they would take right? One could be, I'll just use an example, you know, where um, I think on the industry side, sometimes they're looking sort of to generate these banks of isolates and then trying to see, okay, are there, you know, targets that are of interest that could, of course, be commercialized? And, but then, but let me just take a step back, but how do you start there, right? So, let's just, I'll use an example again in human health, where it's been known, again, that uh, there is a tie between the microbiome and obesity, and a risk of uh, obesity, right? And so there have been mouse studies where they've done uh, transplants going from, and especially if you use germ-free mice, you know, saying, okay, you take the microbiome from a obese mice and then, you know, transplant it into a germ-free mice, you can actually induce obesity. And I think the other way around uh, as well so, so you know, so in that case, maybe you say, okay, let me isolate a bank of isolates from the microbiome that's conferring, say, protection um, for obesity or risk of obesity. And then from there, of course, you need to start, you know, whittling down. So that's one way of uh, approaching, you know, just get a whole um, microbial bank and start looking for what you want based on some, you know, obviously some effect. Um, The other way also that the way they do it is taking more targeted approaches and where there might be existing literature uh, information saying, you know what, this bacteria is associated with X or is linked to something. I'll use an example. Actually, this is one of our customers who was uh, looking to isolate these bacteria that could confer drought resistance in a food crop based on uh, some literature studies. But unfortunately, the that bacteria is a very slow-growing Bacteria, so it can be kind of overtaken by fast-growing bacteria, some dominant bacteria. Right? And we were able to help them using our system to actually isolate that particular um, you know, set of uh, species to kind of create a bank of isolates. But that, in that case, it was a more targeted approach by uh, looking at, you know, they already knew that there's some association. And so they were able to, using some media and then using our system, get a bank of more targeted set of species. So you can do kind of both approaches in terms of uh, looking for what you want, but you do start somewhere in terms of, you know, okay, I want to get to something that is, again, can confer drought resistance or can confer protective uh, effects on, you know, risk of obesity and so on.
0: Right. So the starting, I, I wasn't even thinking about it right. The starting point is before they get segregated in the instrument into individual. In, you start with a population and you say somewhere in here is a thing that we're interested yes. in. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. You have, definitely have You're not just putting right.
0: stuff down and going, which ones do I take? Then you say, all right, what's in there. We have pure isolates of many, many things.
1: Yes. And, and that's why I think factor. when you have this, you know, the metagenomics becomes important. And then of course, also the samples, right. You want, especially, you know, I mean, both academia, but in industry for them, the ha- having collections of samples from people who, you know, uh, they'll have studies, for example, they may put them on, this is in universities as well, they put them on a certain diet, say, right, high-fiber diet versus low-fiber diet, and then, of course, metagen- they do the metagenomics, but then, okay, now, say, let me go ahead and isolate from the high-fiber diet, the ones that may be conferring some, you know, protective or positive effect, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um... might have had a question that just went away. Not unusual, but it's something like that. Let's talk about um, thinking about microbes as independent chemical factories. So I I think what I was thinking was, you know, you isolate them. Then there's probably some sequencing that goes on for identification. Um, I imagine that's easier than the old school way of doing some, a bunch of metabolic tests or whatever, that, that there's a quick way to identify what's in each well, and then um, how does it tie into potential commercial products that were therapeutics or raw materials or whatever, I guess? Yeah. Talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, by the way, I really like how you described that, you know, as uh, chemical factories, because I think we absolutely can view them that way, right? Because of just the uh, types of compounds and metabolites they are uh, producing, so a um, so couple of things. I'll just use some examples again. You know, so the one example I'll use is butyrate. I'm not sure if you know, this is something that's in the popular press as well. Uh, it's supposed to be like kind of the super molecule. And that's butyrate is being generated uh, through the digestion of fibers that as humans, we can't digest those, but the bacteria... Uh, produce the butyrate, uh, the bacteria in your gut digest those fibers and then produce this butyrate. And there's ton of data showing that butyrate is a key molecule that is, uh, you know, important for, uh, can play into a role in the overall gastrointestinal health, you know, irritable bowel syndrome, inflammation, and then even I think there's links to colon cancer. But butyrate is a short-chain fatty acid, but that's a great example of, like, um, the chemical factory idea where these bugs are digesting the fibers, producing butyrate, which is then conferring the protective uh, effect. And so that's why, you know, eating fibers, there's obviously, uh, you know, again, in the uh, if you look at, like, dietary recommendations, that's considered a good thing. And then same thing, uh, the, the immunotherapy example, you know, is another very good example where, you know, there's actual... Uh, the small molecule has been purified from the, the supernatant of the bacteria that were purified from responders who respond better to immunotherapy. And I think there, this idea of even, you know, um, of the small molecule drug uh, development pathway, which is such a tried and you know true way of developing drugs, so that could be the path for, you know, again, this converting these chemical factories into uh, into actual drugs. And then when it comes to the environmental ag side, again, the, these are a lot of articles you'll see in publications, you know, of, of bacteria being able to degrade plastic or cleaning up oil spills. And I think that all comes back to the chemicals that they're producing, you know, that are causing these, uh, or they're confer- uh, having these uh, effects Right. So again, the possibilities are very endless. And same thing for ag, you know, compounds that could be produced you know, in terms of like uh, biofertilizers and biocontrol agents. So they really are. Again, as I said, I, I really like that term chemical factories because that's they are chemical factories.
0: OK, so I have two questions here. One, I thought so butyrate has some protective properties, mm-hmm. apparently. Am I wrong in thinking I thought it was butyrate that makes my T-shirt smelly? after a while is that right <laughs> like I,
1: I don't know but that could be the i thought case. it was
0: bacteria <laughs> you know that are on your skin and you know yes. and that's what yeah. they're producing that makes sweat stink right. that's a get right to yeah it. yeah i know that
1: right. i need to go research that I think other area actually i also wanted to say is you know this uh, idea that the prebiotics probiotics piece as well Obviously, the probiotics, that's been around for a long time. Those are actually, you know, cocktails or even one or two bacteria that's in your yogurt, or you could even get capsules of of probiotics. And um, to me, that's also an area that is, you know, very established and it's it's continuing to grow. And then on the prebiotic side, again, it's really about eating the right foods that then help you maintain a healthy uh, you know, gut microbiome or healthy gastrointestinal health. Of course, those are not technically directly the chemicals themselves, but you're actually consuming, you know, either the bacteria or the the actual foods that are helping the bacteria thrive. Right.
0: I'm a big fan of anything that um, we can eat or is produced in our gut that makes us healthier. Yeah. I was just, I just um published an episode yesterday on AI for drug discovery but it made me think about you know these chemical factories yeah and the idea and i realized it's a it's a, an approach from the other side where we have when we make discoveries about yeah. a general microbiome that has that um is beneficial for immunotherapies or other yeah. things yep to say We know already there's something in there rather than let's make a gazillion things and find out if any of them do what we want. I realize this isn't the answer to everything, but you've essentially, it's already been tested in a way for efficacy and to safety to a degree, depending on dose or whatever, that there's a molecule in there that if we can find it might make a big difference.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think you summarized that really well um, because it's it, it's there already as opposed to, like you said, kind of almost starting over and trying to come up with something
0: from scratch. Yeah. So synthetic biology, also a big deal. I'm guessing yeah. some people are looking for novel pathways to make yeah. large volumes of commercial products.
1: Yeah, that's a, a great connection between, you know, I almost say microbes – sorry, microbiome to individual microbes to, again, you know, trying to say, okay, what are the, the pathways? Uh, some examples that I'm starting to see uh, is this idea of kind of engineered probiotics where, you know, you could potentially uh, engineer these organisms to produce a cocktail, basically of organisms to produce some beneficial compound that it can be, you know, protective or even preventative for, you know, something related to human health. I think one benefit, what, I, what was being discussed is, um, you know, unlike a drug where you have to, you take it and then the levels that are going to go down after a while, maybe having this type of, uh, you know, cocktail, you could have this, um, you don't have to continually take it because this bacteria are now just producing it in your gut. But that's one yeah. area where there's a, kind of an application from synthetic biology. And another example that was very interesting to me was a team I think at uh, MIT and University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign actually were able to mix two different um, kind of strains that were, again, engineered of a soil bacterium pseudomonas strain where they were able to actually, these two did slightly different things, so they put it together to then be able to convert plastic into something that is a biodegradable compound that can be used, I think that's used in foams and coatings and nylons and so on. So there's definitely a great tie between, you know, all of the kind of what's happening within the microbiome to then translating that into actually now engineering them through synthetic biology to for something beneficial, whether it's human health or environmental health or agriculture.
0: Engineering bacteria that can recycle plastic would be another awesome. That,
1: yes. And there's, there's work being done there. I, I think that, to me, that would be really excited. Like I said, I'm, I'm a big, I'm very uh, bullish, I think, about the power of uh, microbes and power of bacteria. Uh, there's a lot of complexity. That's a given, right? So that all of those have to be teased out. But I think the potential is, is, pretty, is pretty big.
0: Yeah. A lot of exciting areas ahead for creating things from bacteria, and um, awesome that you're helping folks isolate those and figure out what's going on. Sarika Karudipuram, thank you so much for uh, all of this today. I really enjoyed it.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, again, I as I mentioned, I just, you know, I'm excited about the microbiome space, and I'm excited about the direction that is going in, where, you are know, we're going from this metagenomic approach to actually causation and mechanism of action, and anything we can do to help you know, move it forward is, is really exciting to us. And thank you so much for the opportunity to talk about the microbiome.
0: Yeah, my pleasure.